everyone, Pastor John here, and I'm excited to continue our discussion uh, in our book, Start to Follow. And we've really been enjoying our class on Sunday mornings, and today I get to hang out with a couple of my good friends, Dallas and Annalisa Lemon, and uh, we are excited to talk about chapter five in the book, Decisions, Decisions, Knowing and Doing God's Will. And um, it's such a practical topic, just as the others are as well. And one of the things that we learned in our study together is uh, something that um, I think most people experience, whether they give it much thought or not, but when it comes to knowing the will of God, I think there's a typical tendency to be a little bit um, anxious or fearful because we think, well, (laughs) maybe he's going to tell me something that's really hard to do and I'm not sure Mm. if I'm going to want to do it. Another thought that occurs to people is, um, I, I think that maybe it's, it's going to be, you know, something that I just don't want to do. So either it's going to be really hard or it's just something I don't want to do. Kind of like a diet. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, most people don't like to go on diets and it's not something they want to do and it's hard. And so I think it's very common for us to sort of approach God that way, whether we intend to or not. And it's just a great reminder when we look into Scripture to see uh, that uh, God's will is, in fact, not always easy and sometimes not uh, desirable. But as a general rule, I think many Christians are surprised to discover as they learn to trust God that it actually is desirable and it is a blessing and it's something we do want to do just like a little child uh, while they have their stubborn and rebellious moments they typically unless there's something broken in the relationship um, because of something unhealthy typically children really want to please their parents you know and you guys have little kids can you guys think of times when when you see that sort of um, swelling pride in the in your child's face when they they do something all by themselves and you praise them for it. I'm looking at you, Annalisa, because oh, yes. I'm sure you see this kind of thing on a regular basis. <laughs> yes, uh, specifically our youngest, Ellie. She she gets the most joy when she gets to help put away the dishes. <laughs> I, she just like, oh, I can take these out of the dishwasher. Yeah, she's mommy's helper. Yep, she's mommy's helper. The boys too. You don't see it as as much. Yeah. <laughs> Boys got to play cards close to the chest. So, (laughs) Dallas, how about you? Do you have any uh, quick thoughts about uh, how you see this characteristic in your boys? I mean, these these kids—they're just so happy. You know, anytime they accomplish something they've really been trying to do, you know, I mean, the first time they go down a big hill on their bike or something and they didn't crash, you know, they crashed the first (laughs) four times, but they didn't crash on the fifth time, you know, or the first time they learned how to use the brakes on their scooter or something, you know, or they finally figured out how to get, you know, the Legos to build the replica gun that they really wanted or something, (laughs) you know, it's just so cool just to see just that sense of pride that they have in Mm. in what they've accomplished and and it, helps us to, we have that same sense of pride for them. You know, we're happy for them. Totally. And I just think this is a really helpful thing to keep in mind because we are God's children and and we're learning. He has a lot he wants to teach us because we have a lot we need to learn. And so keep that idea in mind as we come into this subject. And um, we're going to learn three things in this chapter. We did in our study, but we're going to talk about it now a bit. Uh, One is just the, the basics of God's will. Uh, The second is God's will for every believer. In other words, 
there's there's no believer uh, for whom God doesn't say or to whom God doesn't say very specifically sometimes this is my will yeah. it's it's not a particular will for some people it's his general will for all of his children and so we're gonna look at that and then how to know God's will I mean it's so practical I we the bottom line is you know God doesn't uh, I mean he certainly can you know speak out of the clouds, I suppose, audibly, but that's not how he chooses to speak, but that doesn't mean he hasn't spoken. And so we're gonna dive into that now. Uh, one more thing to keep in mind, and I love this picture. It's not the most flattering picture, but it is probably the most helpful picture. And that is um, the metaphor of sheep. Mm-hmm. And, um, or, you know, this just this idea that we, we have a shepherd, he's a good shepherd, and Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd and my sheep know me mm-hmm. and they follow me. They hear my voice. They recognize my voice. And so we are learning what it means to recognize the voice of God. And so let's, let's unpack this first one, discovering some important basics of God's will. And just the idea that God's will will always be in harmony with his word. Mm-hmm. He doesn't contradict his nature or his words. So when we think about knowing God's will, one of the first basic precepts is that it's the word of God that will reveal God's will and ultimately guide us. And Psalm 119, 105, it has a verse that you guys know well, the the word of God, it's a, it's a light unto our path and a lamp unto our feet. So let's um, talk about that a little bit. What what does that word picture uh, say to you practically about the word Dallas can you what, do you have anything that jumps to your mind um, just trying to think about like what jumps out to to my mind with that is it, I'm always a practical application guy you know when I'm reading God's word I'm always trying to think about like how can this apply to my everyday life how does it apply to what I'm going through right now and you know, I remember years ago when we were in your home group, you know, we were, when we were, Annalise was first pregnant with Cameron, we were trying to figure out, you know, like, when do we tell some of our parents that we didn't have great relationships <laughs> with, um, that they were going to be grandparents, you know, and there was an aspect of like, they didn't really even necessarily want to tell them, you know, but you reminded us, you know, that, you know, one of God's commands is to honor your mother and your father. It didn't necessarily mean that they were worthy of that honor but you still needed to honor them mm-hmm. and and in that application you know we made sure to tell you know our parents then at that point and that they were going to be grandparents but that's just continued to build and as we went through the journey with my mom and her cancer diagnosis and uh, making the decision for her to to move in with us it was it would just seem very apparent that the Lord just really put mm-hmm. it on our heart that it was like yes this is going to be difficult the, the it's going to be hard um, there's going to be a conflict in parenting styles and things like that but ultimately you need to honor your mom right now mm-hmm. this is what you need to do I, I so appreciate that story for a number of reasons but one of them is exactly what we were saying in the opening sometimes God's will is hard it's not always going to be hard Mm -hmm. it's not always going to be undesirable but we wouldn't be honest if we said that that will never be the case but it's not because his will isn't good Mm -hmm. it's just because it's hard for us to trust especially initially when Mm -hmm. we're stretching our we're learning to exercise our faith muscles initially 
But that's true whether you follow God or not. There's hard decisions in life and there's just hard experiences in life. And if you're going to be a person who lives the right way and does the right thing, you're going to face hard things. The difference is you have the assurance of knowing as I go through this hard thing, this undesirable thing, I can have the peace of God knowing that I'm doing it his way. Mm -hmm. And if you do things the Lord's way, you can expect in due time to see the Lord's results. And I know that you guys have. Uh, One of the things you haven't seen yet, but I trust that you will, your own children, if the Lord should tarry, you're gonna be old one day Mm -hmm. and need your kids to care for you. And they will have seen that example. Again, where did it all start out as you pointed out? Just a simple reminder of God's word. Yeah. Honor your father and mother. Yeah. And and I really believe that your children will honor you uh, because that's how they saw you live. Mm-hmm. And, and that light is directly uh, helping you on your path, but indirectly you're shining light on your children's path and they're, they don't realize it yet. Mm-hmm can't appreciate it just now, but they will one day, they'll say, you know what? We know how to recognize the way through life with God because our parents showed us. Yeah. So, Annalise, did you have a thought about that? I had thought, thought had a thought about the second Timothy three sixteen. 16, yeah. um, all scriptures given by inspiration of God and profitable when we're going through whatever it is that we're going through. Um, it's it's directed by God, and we might not see the profits right or the the profitableness of it right then. Right. It's not until we look back further. Like for example, with um, Linda, it was rough going through, mm-hmm. and and now we get to see the benefits of how that played out, and it's just wonderful to see looking back. Like yeah, it was rough, but I see how God used that and mm. it, the profit it. It gave us and our kids and her, so. I don't know if I've had, I don't think I've had the opportunity to tell you this just yet because it's just so fresh, but I will tell you candidly, um, one of the profits, the profitable things that's happened as a result of that difficult season in your life as you learn to be faithful, it's a good example for me. Mm-hmm. Some things that I teach from the God's word, um, I simply teach because it's there in God's word, but I may not yet have a particular life experience. And one of the life experiences that we are just coming into now as empty nesters is our own aging parents. Mm -hmm. And um, my father-in-law recently had a a major stroke. Mm -hmm. So we're navigating that now uh, with him. And it's hard. Mm -hmm. It's really, really hard on many levels and for many different reasons. Uh, My own mother is, is, you know, her health is as she gets older is getting more tenuous. But I often find myself reflecting on my dear friends, Annalisa and Dallas. And I think, thank God for their example. They, they, I'm sure it was harder than they'll ever tell me or that I will ever know. But one thing, I'm so thankful for your example. Because our journey is different than your journey. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is it encourages me and it inspires me to see this being lived out in other people's lives. Mm -hmm. 
You know, when I see other people walking by faith, it inspires my faith. And, and when I see other people knowing and doing the will of God, it helps me to have the courage to know and do the will of God. And so I just appreciate that in you guys, and I think that's a great, great example. Um, another thing that came out in this section is not only, um, and these, again, we're talking about the, the important basics of God's will. And first of all, it starts in the Word, but the second thing that we learned is that we need the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And... Tell me a little bit about how you guys have experienced the faithfulness of the Holy Spirit guiding you and speaking to you and um, as you learn to navigate and discover and navigate God's will in your own lives. Does that make sense? Yeah. It, I mean, it's one thing to read it in black and white in the text, yeah. Yeah. but you can't walk through the day with your Bible in your hand. Right. <laughs> But if you have God's word in your heart, let's talk a little bit about how then there's a real sense in which the Holy Spirit can be talking with you throughout the day. Well, I think about when we were just had Cam and, and I had gone back to work and it was really difficult for me um, being away from him, just like that pull to want to be at home with him. Like I was missing milestones. Um, I'm grateful that, that, uh, Linda got to be there with him and, you know, he didn't have to go to daycare, but it was just those just constant like tuggings. Like it's just it's in the back of my head, like you need to be home with him. Mm -hmm. Like just, it was a, a gentle leading to uh, that. I felt from the Holy spirit. Like this is, this is where you need to be just it's constantly there and it took us what six, well, six, six months, months yeah to be like yeah I think I want to be at home with him and then it was another four months after that that we were able to figure out financially and and um how we were going to make it work and I've been at home for since well, four years now four years. Yeah. <laughs> so <Four and> yeah <laughs> And You're not living under a bridge somewhere? No, God no. actually provided for you? Yes, and we've seen that many, many yeah. times where God has provided, mm -hmm. where we were like, well, he lost his job. What are we going to do? Right. And and it was just constant things like, well, we don't have a path exactly right now that's been provided. God says he's going to provide for us, but we just got to follow, do what he says. It's, I love, I love this story. Now tell us a little bit more because I'm sure other people have very similar circumstances, you know, and I don't mean just in terms of parenting, but any issue in their life where it sounds like they're hearing from the Lord, but yet he's not answering every question up front. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a need to step in faith. Um, and I love that quote, um, from Greg Laurie in this chapter, never be afraid to commit an unknown future to a known mm -hmm. God. And you weren't sure how the days ahead were gonna yeah. work out, but you knew the Lord was talking to you. Mm -hmm. And so you had to take a step of faith. Um, Dallas, were there any, um, tell me a little bit about those steps of faith practically. Were there any sacrifices that you had to make? Were there things that you said, boy, this is gonna be hard, but not impossible. I, I just need to be willing to do it. 
tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, even just thinking about just the whole conversation and that whole journey, you know, before we even had Cam, you know, we were talking about like, okay, what does our future look like? You know, I was very solid in my career. Annalise was very solid in her mm -hmm. career. I mean, we were, you know, 30 years old, 30 plus. So, you know, we had a house, we felt like financially, mm -hmm. everything was really good and, and we can make this all work. You know, my mom wasn't working. She lived in Chehalis, but she was like, I'll drive up every single day mm -hmm. and come watch my grandson. And she was happy to do it. And so we were like, okay, this is going to work out great, you know? Um, and when you read God's word, it's not really a clear scripture that says wives should be a stay at home mom, right? right? It's not so black and white as, you know, honor your mother and your father or, you know, mm -hmm. don't kill somebody, you know, <laughs> it, it, it was one of those things where I felt like the Lord would have blessed us either way, whether she stayed working or she was a stay at home mom. And for many families, the Lord blesses it the opposite of the way that we did it. Mm -hmm. But for our situation, it was for both of us, it was just this constant thought in our mind that, are we really doing this the way that we should be doing it? Or should Annalisa be a stay-at-home mom? And so just over the course of those six months and just talking to each other and really analyzing things, it just became very abundantly clear that this is what we should do. I mean, mm -hmm. even in talking with you about it, I talked with Pastor Chuck about it. You guys had two differing opinions on it, two pastors <laughs> that I respected, right? Because there was no clear black and white answer. This was, this was kind of a gray area. And so, you know, when Annalise and I finally got to like that six month mark and just talking to her about it, I said, Annalisa, you know, do you, do you really want to go to work every day or do you want to be a stay at home mom? And it felt like she was almost afraid to even say it because it felt like financially we needed to. And when I kind of said that, it was like, yes, this is, this is what mm -hmm. I want to do. And there wasn't really any further discussion about need to be happening. It was just like, this is what we're going to do. Then let's mm -hmm. do this and let's start making the steps towards making that a reality. And what was really cool was the Lord just, he blessed that whole journey. He made it kind of the soft transition where Annalisa was able to cut back on some hours and mm -hmm. she was able to just be doing work like one day a week at her employer until she was finally able to step away. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of had this trickle down with our finances. Um, but the really cool thing I thought was just the assurance that God gave us throughout the whole journey. And kind of at the end of it all, we were really evaluating our budget. And I remember, you know, I, I'm kind of the main person in our family that does budget. <clears throat> And I was looking at our tithing and I said, okay, well, based on what we're losing in income, yada, yada, we got to reduce our, in, or reduce our tithing by about 150 bucks a month. And Annalisa looked at me and went, no. And I went, what, what, do you, what do you mean? No, like our income just dropped significantly. We, we should drop this as well. And she was like, no, she's like, I, I haven't felt comfortable with what we were giving previously. I feel like if we leave it where it's at, I finally feel good about how much we're giving still. And I was like, kind of rolled my eyes, but it was like, well, sometimes the Lord's voice sounds like my wife's voice, right? And so we ended up just leaving it at that amount, right? Well, what was cool was that exact same day, we had to go to a friend's house to uh, drop off a dish or something, I think, right? And we're just sitting there hanging out at their house and she was talking and, and she was starting a new business. And it was a, a business in the medical field, which is what Annalise was coming mm -hmm. out of. And she's sitting there talking and she's trying to figure out something. She's like, well, I wanna have more time to work with patients and less time doing medical billing. And she's like, I need to find somebody that can do like virtual assistant type stuff, right? And we just kind of keep talking. We don't say anything, right? And then a few minutes go by, she goes, wait a minute. She's like, Annalisa, like, would you want to do some of that? You're going to be a stay-at-home mom. Like, would, would this be like, some, you can do it in your free time whenever you have yeah. time. And she's like, you're not going to make a whole lot of money, like maybe 150 bucks a month. 
and we just like we just looked at each other shocked and it was like within hours of having this conversation it was like okay lord we we know we're walking according to your will we know we're doing Mm -hmm. what it is you want us to do right now and you're going to provide for us and so he's just shown us time and time again in, in situations like that that we we just have that assurance that we're we're not off off track here it's such a cool story and what i want to say to those who are watching and listening just keep in mind as you hear us talk about our own journeys and illustrations and stories these are ways that the lord has has encouraged our faith these mm-hmm. are this is our story it doesn't mean it's one size fits all it doesn't mean that as you listen you go well well that isn't really my situation no but the principle is what's important and and i think there's principles here that that are generally true and and it is the way god's will is this just the way he works and and yet the application of it is going to be sort of custom fit Mm -hmm. to where we're at in our circumstances and so i just i i want to acknowledge that because sometimes one person can listen to a testimony and say, oh, that's just what I needed to hear. That's perfect. That's exactly mm-hmm. fitting for what where I'm at. And then somebody else might go, eh, I don't know if, if I mean, that that's nice for you, but that's not my reality, yeah. you know. And, and, it's, and at that point, you can kind of turn off and stop listening because it just seems like it doesn't apply. The important thing that we're trying to communicate is the nugget of truth, the principle out of God's mm-hmm. word. And we're simply saying that God's word is the source and the Holy Spirit will speak to us. Mm -hmm. And if we listen and do what he tells us to do, he comes along and affirms that it was the right thing to do at the Mm -hmm. right time for the right reasons. And if that's the motivation of our heart, then what happens is we just get better at hearing God's voice. Mm -hmm. We, we learn to trust him more and, um, and, and just like when we affirm our children when they do the right thing, God has a way of affirming in our lives that we're moving in the right direction and he's pleased. And so that's really, really powerful stuff. Let's talk about the next um, section about discovering God's will for every believer. So to be sure, God um, is very specific about his will at times and for all that we don't know about God's specific will in many circumstances in life, and you alluded to one, God isn't going to say, um, you know, thus saith the Lord, it's my will right. that you, you know, uh, sell your house and move. It's my will that you take this job and not that job. It's, it's not written like that. Mm-hmm. What he does is uh, he gives sort of general principles. But, but that being said, there are some times where he is very specific and it's not just for believers in general uh, or, or for a, a particular believer. It's for believers in general. Mm-hmm. All believers, this is my will. And there are a handful of scriptures here that we looked at. And generally these things boiled down to things that in one way or another had to do with this is the psych, the uh, the uh, theological word sanctification. Mm-hmm. That's just a word that has to do with our spiritual growth in Christ. We're becoming more and more like Jesus every day as we trust and follow Him. And so sometimes that's going to look like denying ungodliness, 
and walking in righteousness. Sometimes it's going to mean um, saying no to sexual immorality. Hmm. That's very specific. The Bible says it. This is the will of God. Your purity, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes the will of God, it, well, always the will of God for every believer, according to Colossians 3 here, is putting off the old man and putting on the new man. And generally, that means turning away from sin and instead living a life of love. Mm -hmm. um, it, there's just a bunch of things in these scriptures that get very, very um, practical. And it is very specific. If you say, what's God's will? Well, he wants you to be a loving person. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. What would that look like? Well, you're going to have to work out those details with the Lord. But yeah. as a rule, every believer, there's not a single believer that doesn't need to learn and walk out the love of God. Mm -hmm. So what are some things in these scriptures that jumped out to you that, that you just, God is very clear. This is his will for me as a believer. But this is what it looks like practically. Can you think of anything? Well, to be honest, you know, when, when I look at, you know, these lists uh, of the things here, you know, putting off, you know, anger, wrath, malice, filthy language, sexual immorality, you know, worldly lust, all that. I'm like, man, I've been guilty of every single thing on that list at some point in my life or another. We all have, you know? for sure. And, but what I realize is that over time, over this journey uh, of being a born again Christian, that my life is drastically different than what it once was. Mm. It, it, it's not what the Lord or I want it to be, and that will come at glorification, but I, I am definitely not the man that, that I once was. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the things to put on, like kindness and humility and love, those are the things that just become just the, these main focus points in my life, like these are the things that I that I focus so much on. I don't have to focus so much on the on the negative things to get rid of them. I focus on Christ and I focus on the positive sides. The other things just start to melt away. They just start to fade away to the background. That's such a smart point, and yeah. it's powerful, isn't it? Yeah. We we often uh, sort of are inclined to think, okay, this is what I'm not going to do. I just have to avoid this. And the Bible says, no, whatever is true, whatever is lovely and excellent and praiseworthy, set your mind on these things, mm -hmm. fix your thoughts on these things. Yeah. The way God sort of helps us shed so many bad habits and attitudes and motivations is by focusing on that which is good and right mm -hmm. and true. And uh, I, I love it. Yeah. Keep going. That's, that's really good. <laughs> well, Annalisa, do you have anything to add to that? I, I still struggle with the things in Colossians 3, 8 and 9. Um, number one being anger. You know, just kids don't listen, and you're just like at your wit's end. You're just, ah. Oh, come you know? on now. Those kids are perfect. <laughs> They're great all the time. <laughs> They're little angels. Yes. And, you know, just I have seen where God has worked through me to... Um, show a better example to my mm -hmm. kids. Um, whereas, you know, there are certain times where I'm more upset or, and they can, they can sense it. And they're like, Oh, don't mess with mom. <laughs> <laughs> but in those moments I see, okay. All right, Lord, this is not where you want me to be. Please, 
please, please help me to show these kids love yeah. and, and just be a better example. Show Jesus to them. And it's just a constant conviction. Like, all right, we got to show Jesus. And we just, it's just, like I said, constant conviction. Like, My wife loves to tell us a story that, I mean, she has so many stories. They just, um, we, we both have quite a catalog of stories mm. from our child rearing years and, and, uh, some of them at the moment, it was not funny, but now looking back, we just, we just <laughs> laugh our heads off because it, it is funny. And, uh, I'm thinking of this, uh, one time I came through the door and, and she just was exhausted and I, honey, how was your day? You know? And, and she, she just looked at me sort of staring off into space and she said, I learned today it is possible to cry over spilled milk. <laughs> and I just didn't say anything. I was like, oh, all right, dear. You know, I, I, what can you say? It was just her own little journey there, you know? Yeah. And so the exasperation that sometimes exhausted mothers feel, I, I remember another time, we, we weren't big on the whole sugar cereal, like Lucky Charms and all mm -hmm. that stuff with, with the kids, uh, mostly just, you know, for obvious reasons, just, you know, we didn't want their teeth to fall out of right. their heads, and, you know, and stuff like that. But um, every once in a while, she would, you know, she would splurge and get a box of, you know, pure sugar and, and you know, they had the toy in the box yes. or whatever. And, of course, the kids always were fighting over whose turn it was for the toy. And, uh, and, and it just, I just remember this one time they were squabbling and bickering about who got the toy. And, and she finally just you know, it had it. And she just says, I can't believe you kids have a stupid cereal and stupid toy. And here's your, st and she, she said stupid like three times and she plunges her hand in, into the, you know, Captain Crunch or whatever it was and yanks out the toy and throws it on. And, and she, and she stopped pitching her little fit and she looked up and all these kids in their jammies with bedhead are just standing there in stunned silence looking at her, you know, around the breakfast table and she and then one of them I think it was probably Caden he just he just says mom said stupid <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know those are the moments that um yeah you realize I I still have a ways to go yeah you know God's bringing out those things and I I've I've realized many times in those kind of my own kind of moments in in those ways where God's had to tell me, John, you're having a bad attitude about your kid's bad attitude. Mm. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> still learning that one, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. But there, there, it is good to realize how, how general God's will is. In other words, nobody's off the hook mm -hmm. um, and how good it is. Like we shouldn't want to be off wiggle off the hook yeah. of being under God's will because it is, it is good. Like you talked about some things. I was like, do you really want to go back and be an angry person? No. Do you really want to go back to, you know, the guilt and shame that was associated with so many different uh, sort of expressions of a sinful lifestyle? You know, Paul mm -hmm. said in Romans, what benefit do you now have from those things of which you're now ashamed? Right. You know, there's, we look back and we're like, oh, I just thought I was so free back then, you know, but with that sin came consequences in certain you know, addictions and bondage, you know, as the Bible says. And we, we just go like, oh, Lord, thank you for setting me free yeah. from all of that. Mm -hmm. um, let's talk a little bit about this next one, discovering how to know God's will. 
uh, and we just we just <clears throat> learned in this part of the study how great it is that we can have the assurance that God will will tell us His will. He's promised mm-hmm. to reveal His will, and not to let us continue as a way of life to stumble around in the dark. And um, let's talk about just that aspect a little bit of ways that God is opening your eyes so that you don't you don't stumble and fall in the same ways that you used to. Um, I definitely have an answer <laughs> for that. Um, I was raised a Jehovah's Witness, as you know, um, and that started when my I was three, mm-hmm. um, and up until I was 26, so pretty ingrained in that, um, and it was always works-driven, like mm-hmm. you do this, and then that happens, and then you do this, and then that happens, um, and it just made, makes me uh, remember what Greg Laurie had said in here, uh, God's will is not an itinerary, Yeah, it's an attitude. Um, and just the freedom that I have now being apart from that religion, um, just lets me know that, yes, that was God's will for my life, potentially to go through that for a season, but now being out of that and, and truly being free in Christ, that has just completely changed my life. But knowing that it was God's will that I get out of that. (laughs) It, it is so liberating to realize that the heart motivation is what changes. God mm-hmm. changes the heart. He gives Absolutely. you a new heart with new desires, new motivations. And so are there, does our behavior need to change? For sure. Mm-hmm. Do we need to live differently? Absolutely. But why do we do it? God doesn't just tell us what to do, but why. Mm-hmm. And he gives us an example. You know, everything that, that may be a little intimidating at first Jesus says, well, just follow me. Just watch me. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell you how to do it, and I'll show you how to do it. And I'll help you do it. Yeah. And, and so uh, it's, it's just it's so liberating to realize God isn't looking down on us with his arms crossed and a disappointed scowl on his face. Right. Like, you, you blew that again? You know, how many times do I have to tell you? Mm-hmm. Just do this. You know, it's not like that. Yeah. It's... He's just patient. He keeps telling us. He keeps reminding us, this is what it looks like. This is how you do it. But more than anything, we're motivated out of love mm-hmm. and out, out of gratitude rather than out of guilt or fear or pride or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And and that really is a significant difference in what it means to be a devoted follower of Jesus. Why are we doing it? Mm-hmm. And man, it just is is so freeing when you discover that. Mm-hmm. And I think people like you that come out of a, a, a false religious system where I think a lot of people have all the best intentions, but they're just deceived. It's just yeah. not the gospel. It's not good news. As I have to say, it's, it's good news, not good advice. Yeah. Right. It's, it's not about what you need to do. It's about what Jesus has already done for you. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes him so attractive. Dallas, yeah. what are your thoughts on this? Well, my thoughts, I actually was thinking about um, a story. I was thinking about a situation that that happened to me um, 
can't remember how many years ago now, probably like five years or, or so ago now, where I knew the Lord wanted me to do something and I was fighting against him, like just just being stubborn and being selfish. And I remember it was, I, I had just gotten a, a new truck about five years ago and I was driving home from work and had a long day, worked some extra hours and uh, I'm driving home not too far from work and I see a lady uh, who's got a flat tire, but she's kind of off a turn and you know, and I have to cross like six lanes of traffic or something to like go help her, but I can see there and I'm sitting at this red light even like, man, that lady needs help over there, right? And she has, you know, she's trying to get her spare tire out of the trunk of her car and her trunk's full of stuff. So she's moving everything to the backseat and I'm literally sitting here at this red light watching her for like 30 seconds or so. And I'm just like, somebody else is going to help her. And the Lord's like, Dallas, you go help her. And I'm like, well, Lord, I'm busy. I had a long day. I just, I just, I, I, no, she doesn't need my help. The Lord's like, Dallas, I want you to go help. And, and I just stubbornly just said, no. And, and I continue on my way to go home. And I had like a 10 mile stretch of freeway to go home. And literally every freeway exit, it felt like my truck was pulling towards the exit and I was fighting against it. I mean, it was a continuous prompting from the Holy Spirit. Dallas, there's still time. Turn around, go back and help her. No, Lord, no, Lord. <laughs> I don't have time for this, right? And it was just constant. And then I get right up before my freeway exit and I'm in the middle of the lane on the freeway. And then I see a five gallon paint bucket in the middle of the freeway in the fast lane. And I see this car zooming past me. And I look at the car and I look at the bucket. And I'm like, that's going to hit my truck. And I just know it, right? And sure enough, this car glances off this bucket, tags the side of my truck, dents the fender, knocks the mirror off, right? And I wasn't even mad. I, I pulled over on the side of the road, just chuckling to myself. And I was like, Lord, you kept telling me over and over and over again to go help that woman, right? Mm -hmm. And I know that was for her benefit, but there was also a benefit here for me too. This wasn't a, a punishment that you were giving me because I didn't go help. There, there was a, this was a double blessing that yeah. was potentially here mm -hmm. and, and that I missed out on being a part of that, not doing it. And I was like, and I was like okay, Lord, I'll turn around and go help her now. And the Lord was like, and he just told me clear as day, like Dallas, don't worry about it. I, I, she's already been taken care of. Somebody else did go help her. <laughs> I, I knew you were gonna miss the mark here on this, right? But just next time, do better. Next time when you feel such a strong yeah. prompting from me, just, just listen and obey yeah. and it'll be good you know one of the great reminders in this chapter two to me was the story of joseph and how um learning to know god's will you have to just um trust that he is with you in every circumstance and he is yeah. speaking and he speaks through his word and he speaks by his spirit he 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 speaks through people at times of course you always have to measure any subjective thing against the objective truth of god's word to make sure that you know that he is speaking through that person but um but another way he speaks is through circumstances yeah. mm -hmm. and that's kind of what you just described i was thinking of the story of joseph one of my favorite stories in the bible and um as you know the story of joseph he was he was very uh, there's a lot of injustice that he experienced mm -hmm. in his life um from a human point of view but god was sovereign in the midst of all of the hardship and suffering yeah. that he suffered but all the way through that story you hear this refrain but god was with joseph yeah. but god was with joseph and you get to the end of genesis in genesis 50 and he has this reunion with his brothers that had uh tried to basically sold him into slavery and and essentially left him for dead like like they they wanted to kill him they decided yeah. not to they sold him as a slave and then he was falsely accused you know when he was in a different country got thrown in prison just a series of, of, of terrible things. And by the way, 
this was over like decades. Mm -hmm. This was this was a very long period of time, some 20, 25 years. And but finally God began to move and he rescued him out of his circumstances and he puts him practically on the throne in Egypt, second yeah. in power only to the Pharaoh himself. And and a famine in his homeland drove his family to Egypt where he had been sold as a slave. And um, they came and, and didn't recognize him and didn't realize this was their long lost brother. You know the story. Yeah. yeah. And, and when they realized it, they became afraid, you know, that, that he was going to get his, exact his revenge. And those famous words of Joseph, he said, brothers, my brothers, tears coming down his face. What you intended for evil, God intended for good mm-hmm. and for the salvation of our entire family. And you read that story. There's so many lessons in that story. But for, for the moment, I'm just pointing out, even in the midst of of circumstances mm-hmm. God is making his will known he can he can bear down on us in ways again not punishment mm-hmm. but sometimes it's discipline or chastening sometimes it's not even that it's just teaching mm-hmm. he's just teaching us lessons yeah. that we wouldn't learn any other way but he's with us mm-hmm. he's with us and he's getting his will done and um uh, I want you to share a little bit about this um, great story that was there about Elizabeth Elliot, um, and we'll close out with with that, Annalisa, because it's it's a powerful one. Um, Elizabeth Elliot was uh, married to Jim Elliot, who was martyred. Uh, they were missionaries in another country. Real tough, tough circumstances, um, but. Um, uh, there's this story about uh, how she went to her pastor to know um, God's will. And um, actually, as I think about this, I'm not entirely sure that this is that Elliot. This may just be a writer, Elizabeth Elliot, because mm-hmm. there's more than one. But at any rate, she um, uh, she goes to him wanting to know how to know God's will. And I'll let you kind of fill out. The... Yeah, I appreciated this. Um, I, I did... I have a little story of my own to share after. Um, but she was experiencing some kind of imbalance in her life. And she went to her pastor and she, and he wrote down two words on a slip of paper and gave them to her. And he's like, choose one to cross out. And she looks down at it and says, no, and Lord. And she's mm-hmm. like, well, if I say no, then I can't say Lord. And if I say Lord, then I can't say no. Mm-hmm. So just... Um, just learning to um, basically follow the Lord's direction. Mm-hmm. Um, if and and in in my own application of that, um, I have for a long time been crocheting, um, and I have had several people say, "Oh, you should do it. You know, open a business or sell these or whatever." Right. And there came a time. Um, not long ago, where I was like, I really would like to sell these things that I make and just, you know, help the family out a little bit financially. And um, there wasn't one clear direction one way or the other. And I had to basically choose no or Lord. And and God used that. And he's like, "Um, if you say, you know, yes, you want to sell these things, 
What is it going to take away from your family? But if you say, no, I don't really want to do that, how can you add to your family? It's not about the financial aspect of, of you know, selling these things. It's how would that impact your family? And, it, and Dallas helped me work through that too. Um, but li- really listening to the Lord and say, and, you know, um, knowing that neither choice was a bad one, I could either say no or I could either say Lord, you know, um, but just choosing how I wanted to affect my family, how the Lord was leading me to affect my family. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, yeah. yeah, it's, it's, it's a great illustration of, of that fact that it's not, it's not that you're saying no or Lord really in that situation. You're saying yes, Lord, mm-hmm. but you're, you're realizing that, if he's truly, if he truly is Lord, mm-hmm. then you can trust him. And sometimes just because he's so gracious, there's more than one option. Mm-hmm. And he just says, pick one. Yeah. The issue is, are you, are you trusting me? Am I really Lord? Mm-hmm. What's driving the reason for you doing this? You know, is it some self-serving thing or is it just, are you just doing it for me? And uh, if you're doing it, um, for any other reason, then, you know, there's a good chance you're, you're not actually allowing him to be Lord in that situation. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, what a great story. Dallas, any last thoughts as we close out? Well, even just kind of thinking along those terms, I remember when, um, Annalise and I were, uh, I guess I could say wrestling. I was probably wrestling with it more than she was about whether or not we should get baptized mm-hmm. a few years ago. And because I grew up in a denominational church, like I was baptized as a baby and, you know, and my whole life, if you had asked me, I would have told you I was a Christian, but Mm -hmm. I I did not live a Christian lifestyle at Mm -hmm. all. And I would tell people, you know, later on that, you know, I realized that I believe in Jesus Christ as my savior, but I did not believe in him as my Lord. Mm -hmm. And I remember probably a few years of every time there was a baptism here at the church of the Holy Spirit prompting me, okay, Dallas, you should sign up for that. Dallas, it's time. And I'm like, no, Lord, I, I, I've already been baptized. People know I'm a Christian. I don't need yeah, to do this. Yeah. Like there, and, and I couldn't come up with a good reason in my own mind to do it. Other than the Lord just kept saying, Dallas, it's time. Dallas, I want you to do it. Mm-hmm. And I essentially had this conversation with the Lord. I said, all right, Lord, if I keep saying no, you are going to prompt me about this my entire life, aren't you? And he was like, yep, I sure am. And it was like, just trust me in this, Dallas. Just mm. go do it. Sign up for the baptism. Go get baptized. People need to hear your story. They need to hear your testimony. And just do it because I'm asking you to do it. And it's not going to kill you. And there's plenty of biblical reasons to do it. So Dallas, just I need you to be obedient right now and do it, you know? Yeah. And it was so amazing. I'm so thankful that I listened to the Lord and did it, you know? And Annalise and I, we got baptized on the same day then, you know? Mm-hmm. So, wow. Yeah. Well, I have to say, it's been a real joy to to watch you guys grow. And uh, you guys are a great inspiration to me and great examples to me of the simplicity of what it means to be a devoted follower of Jesus. And uh, like all of us, you, I'm sure you would say you're, you're far from perfect, but you're in the process mm-hmm. of, of really growing and changing and in so many practical ways, whether it's in your, in your home or in your finances or in, in your work, 
you're learning to walk out and live in the will of God and listen mm-hmm. to the voice of God and and trust the word of God and um, I just appreciate so much that you guys were willing to sit down and have a chat with your pastor mm-hmm. and uh, share some of these things and uh, we trust that uh, uh, there's at least something here in uh, what has been shared that uh, it will be relatable uh, for you as uh, those of you who've been watching and listening uh, reflect on these things with us and uh, we're looking forward to uh, the next class this Sunday and it all has to do with uh, growing pains and it's all about trials and temptations and so next week's podcast will be a lot of Uh, insight and uh, help then as well. So God bless you. Have a great week with Jesus. We'll see you guys on Sunday.